That's this. All right, so we've been talking about the days of creation, right? We went through one through six. Um, we spent last week talking about the Garden of Eden. Um, some of the things that were in the Garden of Eden, the Tree of Life, obviously, um, gold, onyx stone, of course, trees that are pleasant to the eye. You know, we had all that kind of stuff. We, we talked about um, man's job as the caretaker, all right, how he got the name of all the animals. We found out apparently he did it all wrong because God created a woman because he needed help. It's okay. All right, and I'm sure they renamed everything after that. Uh, we have the creation of the most beautiful creation in the world, woman, right? Wife. We talked about marriage and how that was a man and a woman. Um, we talked about how it was God-ordained. It's not got nothing to do with the state or anything like that. This is what God intended, okay? So we move into our favorite day, the seventh day. My marker's dying. What is the seventh day? Rest. Day of rest. There we go. Yeah, bye. Day of rest. <laughs> we like our rest, all right? Yeah, Someone read for me chapter 2, verse 1 through 3 for me. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because it is, because in it he had rested from all of his work which God created and made. So what was the day of rest for? Man. Man. Okay. Not work, right? Not work. He ended all of his work. Yep. God took the day off. Not only did he take the day off, but in verse 3 it says, And God what the seventh day? He blessed the seventh day, and he sanctified it, all right, which means making it holy. When we get into the Ten Commandments, all right, and I want to discuss, I don't want to get deep into the Ten Commandments because we will when we reach to that point, but there is that, why don't we worship on Saturday why do we worship on Sunday? All right. Everybody says God created the Sabbath. He sanctified it. He made it holy. So why are we on the Sabbath? Okay. Everything in the New Old Testament, people says, well, that's the Old Testament. It doesn't apply to us. Not true. The part that is reiterated in the New Testament applies to us. Then the lessons that are taught in the Old Testament are taught to us, or are applied to us. Does that make sense? Are we in agreement yes. there? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. So what we have, and I want to go through, and these are the verses we're going to go through. I need someone to start looking these verses up for me because we're going to read these off. I, uh, All right. So um, we're going to go through, we're going to go through the, the Ten Commandments. We're not, like I said, we're not going to dive into what each of the Ten Commandments mean. We'll do that when we get to what I want to show is which of the Ten Commandments did God actually bring into the New Testament, right? They say, well, the Ten Commandments, that was for the Old Testament. We can't live by that. And, they, and the idea of the Ten Commandments was to show us 
that we can't live perfect, right? But what of the Ten Commandments? Anybody know how many of the Ten Commandments are in the New Testament? Just off the top of your head. All of them? No. God did not bring every Ten Commandment over into the New Testament. All right. So let's begin. Matthew 4.10. What Ten Commandment is that? That's the first one. No gods. No other gods. Alright, so this is Christ. Christ is very clearly reiterating the idea of no other gods. Okay? So we have the first one. The first one's here. Alright? Let's move on to um, Acts chapter 15, verse 20. I have it. Okay. But yet we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and, <clears throat> me, I swallowed back up, and from fornication <laughs> and from things strangled <laughs> from the blood. All right, which, which Ten Commandment is that one? No idols. Number two. All right. <laughs> Now, mind you, in these set of verses here, and we can get into all that later, but, you know, the idea of those that worshipped other gods and all that kind of stuff, the three things they did was idol worship, fornication, and some sort of sacrificing or murder of some sort, okay? Oddly enough, when you look into today's day, what is the big three? Right? Have... Idol worship, basically everything else is more important than God. Fornication, I mean, it, it, if, you, it, if you're a virgin when you get married, you're actually looked down upon. You know? Isn't it amazing how you look at people and, and they're married 30, 40 years and they're thinking, how in the world did you ever make it that long? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's a miracle. And then as far as murder is concerned, it's just all the way across the board. What are we doing to our poor children? You know what I mean? So, you know, all that is going on. So, no idols. All right, the next one is uh, Matthew 5. Uh, it's very in the book. Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, <coughs> Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oath. Somebody read it all. Number 34, yes, please. No, read it all. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne. Does that sound like the name in vain? Yes. Okay. There you have the name in vain. Um, basically, the idea of vain is marked by futility, ineffective, empty, doesn't mean anything. Everyone says, well, you know, don't use the GD, which don't use the GD. Okay. That is offensive. That is offensive to God. But the idea of using God's name in vain is it talks about don't swear to things in heaven. There's several verses in Exodus and um, Leviticus that talks about um, that talks about that kind of stuff. The idea is, and, and you think about this, he's talking to the children. He's not talking to lost people who don't know God in the Old Testament. He's talking to people like us, people who should be serving God. 
So that means we shouldn't be doing things for God that aren't really for God. We shouldn't make God's name mean nothing. And what is one of the biggest problems with Christianity today? Anybody can believe whatever they want to believe. All they got to do is say, well, me and God have this thing worked out. You know? So he reiterates this into the New Testament on not for swearing, um, but, you know, perform the, the things that you say you're willing to perform. You know, you be the person. So he brings that part of the Old Testament on into the, the New Testament, right? So we got one through three. Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thy now may live long on the earth. This one I have painted on my house wall. All right. Not very well. Okay. So here's the fifth commandment. All right. Honor your mom and Paul. All right. Give them the respect. So God brings the idea of honoring your parents. You know, and again, just kind of off the subject, not off the subject, but we'll talk about it later, but that doesn't end when you become an adult. No matter how annoying mom and dad are <laughs> as adults, you know, you don't remember that part? <laughs> um, honoring your parents, that's in name and spirit. That is beyond the grave. You know, what legacy have they left? You know, you're looked upon, you know. Uh, you know, as what they left behind and whatnot, you know. Honor, it goes a lot more than just doing what they tell you to do. The older I get, the more things that I find that I say like my mom. And I'll say it and I'll just, I'll, sometimes it shocks me. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Another one. Because I was, I'm never going to, and then I always do. You know, yeah. Well, I, I've realized that it's it's actually kind of fun to punish your children. Kind of enjoy. <laughs> I see why mom did it all the time. She. No, but you're right. It's 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 amazing how sometimes you think you walk it away and you're thinking, oh man, that is just like what my mom used to do, right? Um. So all right, so that is the fifth one. Um, Luke chapter 18, verse 20. This covers um, a handful here. So let's go to Luke chapter 18, verse 20. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. All right, so that covers the father and mother. This actually covers 6, 7, 8, and 9. Okay? So that actually walks us through the committing adultery, not to steal, not to covet, and not to bear false witness. All right, so, and you have, again, those are Christ's words. This is Jesus Christ brings that personally into the New Testament, all right? And then uh, Mark chapter 7, 20 through 23.
Who's got that one for me? Mark seven twenty. Yeah. So here he's talking about all kinds of stuff, and he mentions covetousness coming out of an evil man. So here's where he brings number 10 into the New Testament. He's obviously not speaking well of covetousness, okay? So there is where he brings the all of the um, Ten Commandments into the New Testament. Which one are we missing? Four. What is number four? Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. That's the only one that is not brought into the New Testament. Now, mind you, when you go through and you see um, some of the things that happen, Christ and the disciples do things on the Sabbath. Um, you have... Jesus several times going into the synagogues to reason with them in the scriptures. You have the first part of Acts where a lot of them, uh, Peter and those guys, they were constantly doing the same thing, mind you, because that's where they all would gather together. And, and that was, we talked about that in Acts. One of the big things for the Jewish people to do, because they thought Christ as like a rabbi, right, a, a teacher. They talked about him being a teacher. So he would also often be invited in during their Sunday, their Saturday, and the teachings, the, the disciples and stuff would all do so. So that, you know, they say, well, see, they were going to church. They were going in and witnessing to those individuals. Now, I will tell you this. There isn't anywhere in the Bible that says, remember Sunday and keep it holy. Okay? As much as I would love there to be something that said, remember Sunday and keep it holy. There isn't. Okay? But what we have is, um, in 1 Corinthians, and I don't think I wrote these down, 1 First, First Corinthians 15, oh, I got 3 and 4. talks about the resurrection for I deliver unto you the first of all that which I also received how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures okay and we all recognize that the day Christ arose was the first day of the week right which was Sunday so here you have why Sunday starts becoming a little bit of important and then you have um, Acts twenty verse seven. Acts twenty verse seven. 
here talking about, remember when we went through Acts, we talked about this. Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. That's the one where the dude fell out the window and all that fun kind of stuff, because Paul was long-winded. Right? But here you have, and we see throughout the New Testament, that the disciples gathered together, started gathering together regularly for instruction, for preaching, for prayer, um, and whatnot on Saturday. Or Saturday, on Sunday, my bad. Um, 1 Corinthians 16. Verses 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection of the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye upon the first day of the week, let every one of you um, lay by him in store as God has proposed him, uh, that there be no gatherings when I come. That's the tithes. You know, they instructed them that on the first day of the week you give your tithes. What do we do on Sundays? That's kind of where we get some of that stuff from. So here, and then you have multiple times when... Um, I guess I didn't write that one down. You know, when Christ went back and, and was was meeting with the disciples and stuff after the resurrection, you know, some of them had gathered together on the first day of the week and whatnot. We have all kinds of stuff. We have in Revelation where John talks about, and when I, on, the, on the Lord's Day when I was in spirit or something, you know, the Lord's Day, they're saying, at that point had become Sunday. So here's what happened. And as I went through and read some of this research on Sunday, it didn't just happen. They, no one just woke up and said, you know, Christ resurrected today. Today is Easter. Christ was risen today. So hereforth we shall worship on Sundays. It was a gradual thing. The more and more Christianity separated from the Jewish religion, Right, because it all started with the Jews, so it was natural that we followed a lot of the Jewish traditions in that sense. But when that division started to come, when the Jewish people started fighting against, and we became more Gentile than we did Jewish, then our day became more of a they were anti-Christ. Of course, we were obviously pro-Christ, um, Team Jesus, right. if you will, <laughs> and so. That's where it just kind of gradually moved into the idea of giving God the first of your fruits and labors, the tithing, you know, giving God your tithes on the first day of the week. Christ was resurrected on the first day of the week until it just became common. It just came commonplace. It doesn't make it wrong. You know, that's how it happened. But you can see if God intended us, if God wanted us to worship on Saturday as the Sabbath, why was that the only one that is not mentioned? That to me, amongst everything else, and seeing what went on and, and you know the more of the persecution and all that kind of stuff, that to me is enough evidence to why we aren't held to the Sabbath. Does everybody agree or disagree with that, Jim? That I don't think it's really that important what day that we worship on at this point as much as it is that you worship because there's I know different groups of people that because of work schedules and stuff meet at odd times through the week because that's when their schedules are open and they have something they can preach and teach to them. 
I, I, I agree with that to a certain extent. I believe there should be one day that we set everything aside for and we worship God. Because that was the intent. On Sabbath, when he made it holy, that was the idea of the Sabbath, was for us to stop everything, have one day of rest that we worship the Creator for. I do believe that there should be a day that we, we set aside. If we don't take time, if we can't make at least one day to serve the Almighty Creator, remember, we went through creation. God gave us perfection. He built an entire world for us to live on. Mark, you have something? I just got to say, I think it's because it's the first day of the week. And that takes us into the week to take God with us. Yeah. And the idea of the first, and I understand, things happen, the world happens, we live in a sin-filled world. As much as I hate it, as much as we try not to, things happen. And like what Jim says, you get stuck and you have a church service on a day other than Sunday. And we got to be careful not to get stuck in a tradition. Like if you don't have church between 10 and 12, you ain't, you ain't holy, right? You know, and you have to have a second service that is between this time and this time, right? You mentioned having just one service in the middle of the day and see how many Baptists just freak out. Like, oh my goodness, church during the midday and only have one service? What are we supposed to do? But we also should have, I mean, the Bible talks about sacrificing and giving unto God and devotion and loyalty. How can we claim to be all this and we can't even put together one day to focus solely on nothing else? than a beautiful Savior, as in today, that was risen, who died for our sins, and come back. No other God claims what Christ can claim. Everyone else died. He's the only one that resurrected. He's the only one that, when, when he resurrected, brought others with him. Okay? So here you have a, a perfect world in creation when we started. We have all the beautiful things that God gave to us for us because he loved us, made man in his own image. Then he puts into it a day of rest. A day that he says, I want you to calm. I want you to chill. I'm going to make this day a holy day. And I want you to focus on our relationship with God. Because he walked with them in the garden. He spoke to them in the garden. How beautiful a relationship. It's no different than what we're having here. He created all of that for us. And yet, how do we get to today, Easter morning, that a Savior had to die? Yeah. There's really two or three other things, if anybody can hear me in there. For one thing, back then, everything was pretty much concentrated in the same part of the world. Today, with so many different time zones, Sunday may not come for two or three days in certain parts of the world. Yeah. So we're not on the same day to begin with. Yeah. We've also switched from the Hebrew to the Julian calendar. We've probably lost, <coughs> lost the seventh it. day long since. The true seventh day, yeah. And also, when that, during that transition period, during that first century, when the, if you study church history, we can verify that they were meeting on Sundays. Well, had that been incorrect back during that day, there would have been an insurrection. Yeah. It was biblically incorrect. Not that tradition is doctrine, but tradition speaks to a lot of things, and yeah. it's there, like it or not. So 
there would have been a lot more resistance had it not, you know, been Saturday. So all those things point to this, this today's fine, Sunday's fine. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm with Jim. It doesn't. I mean, I understand the idea of things being moved around, but the idea that it has to be the Sabbath is incorrect. And that's the major part. Real quick. Well, I've seen Baptists flip out because they have their midweek service on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday. Yeah. I'm being serious. Where people have left yeah. church, and the pastor said Wednesday's not working out for 90 percent of the congregation. We're moving it to Thursday. Yeah. And people are like, "Well, we're never going to church." It's like, are you nuts? So, you know, and we have to be careful. We really got to pay attention. And I, and and to be honest, you know, I've always not really struggled with the idea of Sunday, but I've always wondered it. And then. I read something a while back, and someone mentioned how the Sabbath is the only Ten Commandments that didn't come over into the New Testament. And so when we were getting to this, I'm like, I want to bring that out in case I forget when we get to the actual Ten Commandments. <laughs> um, but I just thought that was interesting, how he brought all those somehow or another in some form or fashion into the New Testament, but he left out the Sabbath. And that's what people stick on really hard is... You know, you're doing it all wrong. Why don't you, you know, why don't you do it? Because God didn't tell us to do it on the Sabbath. We worship God. We were, I mean, even when they were hammering Christ, what did Christ say? Am I for the Sabbath or is the Sabbath for me? Right? Am I, that, that's yeah. right. You know, more or less. It's, yeah, it's just Trevor's paraphrase, all right? Um, so that's, I just wanted to bring all that out. I thought that was, I thought that was really, really, really cool. If it was just for me, then I learned something.